All right, coaches, thanks again for tuning in uh, to the Minnesota Basketball Coaching Podcast. We are uh, we have Kyle Allen from Pine City today as our guest. Uh, coach had a lot of publicity here in the last couple of years with their style of play, which we'll get to. Uh, but, Coach, thanks for joining. I'm excited to be here. I appreciate you having me. Uh, as you know, our first question is the coaching Wikipedia page. So tell us where you played, uh, where you've been, and what led you to uh, the Dragons. So I played my high school ball in Black River Falls, Wisconsin. Um, was fortunate enough to play collegially at the College of St. Scholastica under David Steniger. Um, had a four-year career there. Took a teaching job in the Houston, Texas area. Taught at um, in Clear Creek ISD just south of Houston one year. And uh, then took a head assistant job at South Houston High School under Patrick McCoy um, and did one year there. And then I uh, was fortunate enough to be offered the job at Pine City. Um, so I'm entering year nine or ten here at Pine City. Um, it's, been a, it's been a roller coaster. It's been fun. Uh, I've been very fortunate to be able to have the, the ability and power to, to build the program like I saw fit. Um, and that's been probably the most exciting part of it, uh, being in Pine City. Um, they've allowed me to, to do what I felt I wanted to do, even when it was a little zany or a little off or different. So uh, for those that might not be familiar with Pine City, they're in Section 628, which we had uh, Ryan Dusha from Melrose on a couple weeks ago, uh, who uh, were in their, they were in their section final game uh, against Mora. Uh, but Pine City was 26-3. and three as the seven seed and number 21 QRF team in class two A. So talk about that section and then winning, you know, 26 games or whatever, 24 games in the regular season and being the seven seed. Yeah, it's uh it's a section of death. I mean, it's, it's an unbelievable section. The, the coaches, the teams, the programs that are in that section top to bottom are just unbelievable. So when we got moved to six, um, I knew we were in for it a little bit um, in terms of that. So we've, you know, we've worked hard to try to improve our QRF as best we can. We've worked hard to make sure that we're doing everything we can to put ourselves in a good situation. But, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, we dropped two games in the regular season this last year and we were the seventh seed in our section. Um, so it's, 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 I think that speaks to how, how good our section is and how much competition there is um, between the teams. So we've, we've kind of – we've set a goal that our goal is to have a home playoff game. Um, so we want to we wanna do everything we can to give ourselves a home playoff game, uh, and then we'll let the cards kind of fall as they will after that. Um, so we haven't uh, been fortunate enough to be uh, the higher seed uh, in that second-round game yet, um, but that's okay. We, we, we don't mind playing the underdog sometimes as well. Um, and and in, uh, in that section in six, um, you know, we look at it at the end of the year, and we end up coming out with, you know, ten teams that were like this. You know, this team could win it. This team could win it. Um, and I think this last year was no different. You know, Mora was a phenomenal team. Is going to be another great team. Uh, Eden Valley, Watkins, Melrose. You know, we're just happy to be in that conversation in terms of uh, that section being in the conversation of being a team that could maybe win it. Um, because every year you're just looking at a lot of teams that could go down and and, and win that if they got on the right hot streak. Because it's it's that it's that good of coaches, it's that good of competition, it's that good of players uh, that are coming through those programs in, in six. It's unique, uh, for, you know, being in Princeton. We're, we're close to a lot of the teams in your section. I mentioned with Ryan when I had him on, um, just being kind of in the, in the east of St. Cloud area. But the thing is with that, you know, two-way section is there is year in and year out, there's a half dozen of scholarship basketball players every year that are coming out of that section. So talk about, uh, you know, maybe your regular season schedule or your conference schedule doesn't prepare you as much for some of that high-level talent. But how do you 
go, you know, you're facing Osakis or Eden Valley Watkins or Melrose or Annadale, guys who got scholarship level kids year in and year out, uh, or at least the last couple of years. So talk about how your preparation when you're going against a team um, who has a couple studs who are maybe outside of the norm for um, traditional two-way basketball. Yeah, so we, we try to schedule as much we can in the off season. Uh, and obviously this off season has been crazy. So, I mean, we haven't been able to do the things that we're used to doing. But we try to play as many different schools as possible. Um, you know, trying to play big schools, trying to play small schools. You know, we want all the kind of the experiences that we can get. And then when we get to our season, um, we have some games on the schedule that we really circle in terms of, like, preparation for playoffs. We've been fortunate enough to have some 3A schools on the schedule that have, that have uh, beaten us down a few times in the years, which is okay. Um, we, we, we appreciate that we can take that beat down a little bit um, and be able to prep, prep ourselves a little better for the playoff run. Um, we, we kind of start looking at the playoffs. Uh, I mean, we think we look at it a little early. Maybe we don't. Um, but we start looking at it, um, you know, sometime after Christmas in terms of, like, who we think is going to be where, and then we start scouting and making sure that we have an idea of who it's going to be. We don't we don't have, play a lot of the top end section teams in our in our section um, traditionally, uh, partially because of uh, distance, but partially because we just our schedule's full um, and we want to play these bigger schools in our area. So we will start looking at these teams early on and try to pinpoint some ideas that are behind them and and hopefully have an idea that we can start prepping in then into games that we have coming up and we can be more specific in what we want to do into a certain game in preparation for another team and or in practice as we're setting our things up of what we want to do. Um, so we, we really have to be forthright in, in starting early. We have to be really forthright in, in knowing what we want to do and how we want to do it and getting ready for that. So, you know, we had a plan this upcoming year for Eden Valley Watkins, Melrose, Osakis, Mora, uh, you know, if you go down the list, we had a plan in place for each of those teams um, based on if we were going to play them or not. And the hope is then we're just able to execute it. And, you know, that comes down to high school basketball. If, if you're able to do that or not, I mean, that's, that's the deal breaker right there. So for those of you that, you know, maybe have heard of uh, Pine City basketball, uh, you've probably heard it because you mentioned you have a little zanier style of play that you're uh, school and your administration and community has kind of gotten behind. I know you've gotten a, a, a quite a bit of attention. You had a nice little Wall Street Journal article written up on you guys a couple years ago talking about your style of play. So to those that have no idea or not, are not familiar, just give us a general overview, and then we'll kind of dive into the details. Um, but start with an overview of your guys' offensive style of play. Yeah, so we were really lucky. I, you know, I still don't quite understand today how that happened. Uh, you know, we were able to get this article written and, and – uh, it was it was fun. It was crazy, uh, but yeah, we do things a little differently. Um, so we, when I took over in 2011, 2012, I think we won five games my first year. I think we won seven my second. Um, and so we started looking at what what I believed in philosophically as a coach and what the numbers were telling us. And we kind of took those two things and put them together and tried to make a a, a system out of it. And we were lucky enough to do that. So offensively, we tried to only take three shots. We, we only take uh, three-pointers, uh, layups, and then we want to get to the free-throw line. So not, not a 15-foot jumper, but a free-throw itself. Um, we try to really only take those shots. Um, and we work really hard to have everything we do based around that. Um, so every drill that we do ends in one of those shots on the offensive end. Uh, 
we don't ever take a mid-range shot in practice unless the kid is screwing around. Um, it's just not there. Our kids don't have the, the repetitions of it. Um, and so every year I, you know, we have kids come in and, uh, just to be different, they want to shoot mid range. And part of this has been getting kids to buy in. And that's been the biggest thing is, is, is could we get kids to buy into doing something different, doing something crazy, doing something out of the ordinary, um, in everything we do on all ends of the court. And so that's where it kind of started and we kind of evolved it since then. So we talked to them about, you know, okay, so we practice, you know, shooting catch and shoot threes. We practice getting to the rim. If we want to add mid range, we have to do X, Y, and Z. And if we do that, what are we taking away? So we said, we're going to simplify it. We're going to say, we have this amount of time. We have this skill set. We have kids that are willing to work on these things. Let's work on those things. So we got kids that will come in and put up a thousand shots on the shooting machine. You know, the Dr. Dish is awesome. They can catch, they can shoot. That's a skill set. It was a lot harder to get a kid to come in and work on their two crab dribble to the left or their swoop through and under to the right or their uh, post-up game. I mean, we just couldn't get kids to come in and do it. So we said, all right, let's, let's not work on it then. Let's, let's take it out of the repertoire. Uh, and so that's basically in theory what we have. So we came up with, you know, a space and pace concept. Um, we use six perimeter spots on the, on the offensive end. We go each corner, um, free throw line extended each side and then lane line each side. Um, and those are our six spots we really fight for on the offensive end. Uh, and then we have since added spots on the interior that we use in terms of like our screening and our play call and sets, but everything's really connected uh, into those. So, you know, when we start practice, we're putting dots down on those spots and that's how we're setting plays. So everything revolves around those spots um, and everything uh, moves into those spots. So whether we're in our five out, our four out, one in, our three out, two in, you know, a motion, whatever we're in, it all revolves around the same, same concepts and the same things. Um, so it's on the offensive end, it's been, it's been about repetition. You know, we get up a lot of shots. Um, we take time to get up a lot of shots. We set aside practice time for guys to just shoot. Um, and then the hope is that that translates itself to the games. And so we got kids that are hopefully catching and shooting the basketball. And then we add the ability to hopefully get to the rim. And the hope is that if we execute correctly, we should get an open look somewhere. So the other thing we've had to do is we've had to change the mindset of the offensive end. So I think a lot of kids, and I don't think this is out of the ordinary, but like the goal of offense is to score, and that's not our goal. Our goal is to get a shot. Um, our goal is to get a look uh, from where we want, and then our job is to celebrate that we did what we were supposed to do. Uh, and the, the goal is that if we, if we accomplish our goal of getting the look, we should come out on top more often than not. So we've, we've played the numbers game, the idea of like, we'll take the bigger percentage than the smaller percentage. And so we'll shoot the three over the mid-range. We'll shoot the layup over the mid-range. We'll be worried about getting a shot versus about getting the right shot um, because we'll take the opportunity that we had the chance to score over the opportunity that you didn't have the chance to score. So coach is talking here about uh, threes and layups, which obviously in, to, in 2020 is very common language uh, in the basketball world. But I've had the um, ability to watch every year. I, I end up seeing your North branch game with our conference film exchange and North branch in the conference team. I always watch that game. And this isn't like the philosophical, all right, let's shoot threes and layups, but we're probably going to get a handful of mid range shots. Like probably a lot of teams are saying, no, you guys are like extreme with your amount of three pointers. So talk about 
Uh, cause anyone's listening like, all right, yeah, great. And like they listen, they shoot threes and layups. I heard that, heard that song and dance before, but you guys are different. So just talk about the amount of threes that you guys shoot in a game. Uh, and then what maybe some of your target numbers are for attempts and percentage. So we, we, uh, our percentage is we've really, we've, we've made it as simple as possible. We want to shoot 50% from inside and we want to shoot 30% or more from outside. Um, and that's, that's been our breaking point. Cause again, we're dealing with high school athletes and in two A, you know, you just, you know, we, we, at our, in our circumstance, you know, we're hosting hockey, we're hosting wrestling. We have lots of activities. We are not necessarily a ginormous school with lots of space. So you, you get the kids you get. And so we're, we're excited when, when a kid wants to play basketball and we bring them in and, and that's the skill set you get. So we have to adjust what we're doing around that. And so we thought this was the simplest way to go about it. So 30% is kind of our number that we're shooting for from the outside and 50% from the inside. Um, and again, the hope is that, you know, we're not taking out the, we're taking out those low percentage shots. We're just, we're just exiting them out. We're not, um, I know that there are kids out there that have the ability to shoot the mid range. I'm not saying it's not an important part of basketball. I'm saying it's not an important part of our program. <laughs> um, I think there are, systems that are in place that have that i think there are um i think there's a place for it there's just not a place for it in our system um and so we just we we don't shoot it i think i would have to guess that we shot 15 shots on the season last year that weren't within five feet or a three-pointer one one five right one five on the season um and half of those were probably a mistake um i mean it just I, I had one kid that wanted to shoot him last year, and I told him, if you shoot it and you miss it, you're sitting next to me. End of story. So he'd shoot it, and he'd make it, and he'd get this sheepish look on his face, you know, look over at me, and then he'd miss it, and he'd just start walking to the bench because he knew it was it was over. It was He was going to come sit. Um, so we've just taken it out. We've just taken it out of their minds. We've, we've, we've put the onus on us. You know, it's our decision, so it's not something they have to worry about. Um, we get up a lot. It depends. Um, I think sometimes teams try to take away the three point and sometimes teams try to take the layups away. Um, I think it's really, really hard to take both away. And that's why we do it is because the hope is we get one or the other. So we have games where we only get up 23s. Uh, and that's weird because that's kind of been our, our, our MO is that we shoot a lot of them. Um, but sometimes that happens. And then sometimes we get up 60 plus, um, so it really depends on the matchup and what the defense gives us. That's the hope is that we have both in our arsenal, that we have the ability to score at the rim and we have the ability to shoot outside and we'll take whichever one we're given. Um, but it's all about pace and space. It's all about getting the ball up the floor. We want to go in transition as much as possible. I mean, we think it's a fun brand of basketball. You know, I grew up in a, you know, in the Wisconsin flex where you work the ball around, you oh. got in passes, you, Sorry, you know, I threw up a little bit there. And you yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what I grew up in. And, uh, you know, I we have the flex in our offense. I don't know the last time we've run it that it wasn't a discipline. Um, I mean, I, I think, there again, I think there's a time and place for it. I really like it, partially because I'm biased because I grew up in it. But our kids don't run it. They don't know how to run it. Um, so we have it there. But um, it's all about pace and space and getting the ball up the floor. We have calls where we want to get a certain look, but for the most part, we give a lot of freelance on the offensive end and we let kids just play offense. So 63s in some games, like 6-0. So what were some of the – I just like – we shoot a lot of threes and we're at a – we're usually like 13 for 30. That's kind of like our normal game. And we feel like, holy crap, we got a lot of threes. 
and you guys have had games where you're shooting over shooting in the sixties, which is just mind boggling to me as someone who shoots a lot of threes, but I've seen the film, you know, I watched, I watched the video breakdown that Wall Street Journal article is out. Like it's, it's legit and they're all good shots. They're open shots. They're the shots that you guys want to get in your offense. So let's go backwards a bit. So you install this philosophy or you install this, uh, I guess this core principle of your program. What was the immediate reception by your players and then just the basketball community as a whole? Um, I think originally the players were pretty bought in just because it was, I mean, it's, <laughs> I think originally we called it video game basketball because it was what every kid was doing when they were playing their video games. I mean, they either dunked it or they shot a three. Um, so we, we had a lot of kids buy into it and, and they were willing to work on it because it was things they were willing to do. So I think that was the biggest part that helped us. Um, locally, I think anytime you make change in a small community, you get backlash. Uh, and so we had that. Um, I had people, you know, giving me their opinion on things and that was awesome. And we took it all in and, and, uh, and then decided to move forward how we did. I think the biggest thing was when the wall street journal came out. Uh, I had hundreds of emails coming in, uh, every week and I'd say 50% of them were like, people just wanted to rip me apart. And I, I mean, I have a folder still, I checked the first one that I saw was negative and I read it and I was like, I can't, you know, you're, you know, I've got told you're ruining the game of basketball. You are, you know, you are a demon. You are, I was just getting all kinds of this. And I, I only read that one. The rest of them just went into the folder that I saw were going to be negative off the start. Um, but I mean, I, it, it was, it was an interesting time period. You know, I was like 20, five 26 years old or something like that and just getting hammered by these people all over the world um but yeah it's it's i think now i think it's the norm i mean i don't want to say what we do is the norm because we take it to the extreme but if you look at like nba shot charts if you're looking at college shot charts if i mean if you look at any of that everyone is gravitated towards this this three-pointer layup mentality on the offensive end we just happen to take it to the to the extreme I mean we go as far as we can with it um whether that's good or bad or otherwise I don't know it you know it happens to work for us just because we get kids to work on it I mean I think that's the the linchpin is is I don't have a scholarship kid uh you know a kid that's that's gonna go to Kentucky I don't have uh you know kids that are uh you know these I mean we love our kids we love their skill set we love what we've been able to do with them but um you know we don't have uh you know, in the article of the Wall Street Journal, they were comparing Shaq's son team to our team. And it's like, well, I don't have Shaq's son. <laughs> um, so the awesome part with us is we're getting more kids out. We're getting kids that want to play. We're getting kids that want to do this. And I think they're enjoying it. And I think that's that you have to go back to the roots of high school basketball. I mean, that's what we all want to do, right? We all want to have an impact on kids. We want to give them a great experience. We want them to enjoy themselves. Uh, and I think this this system has allowed us to do that to a certain degree. What I love about what you said earlier was that it, you're giving the kids freedoms to make plays. It's not like you're grinding out a set to get the three point shot that you want. I think that's the, that's the big thing to take away. And, and regardless if you think Kyle's nuts for shooting 63s a game, some games uh, or not, or if you think he's um, or if you think, if you think he's a demon or if you think he's uh, <laughs> like your inbox to fill up with, or if you think that you know, he's a genius is it's the bigger idea is the bigger principle at place that you're giving kids an opportunity to have freedom and enjoy playing basketball because, you know, we're in the same bowl, right? We don't have, you know, scholarship players coming through and you got to find those hidden values within your, um, within your system. And, you know, I think that when you have, like you mentioned kids who are maybe, you know, 
you probably have multiple sport athletes and this will be the end of their basketball careers after they play for you is you want to provide an opportunity where they're enjoying basketball. And within that, you're going to get better output from them if they're enjoying the game versus, Oh God, we go from football where we, you know, dive, play action, every time we huddle up and run a play, then we go to basketball where we do that. And it's like, you want to give kids an opportunity to have freedom and to enjoy what they're doing. Cause that's going to give them, like I said, better output and have better performance. I really had to change my mindset, you know, coming in at, I think I took the job at like 22, 23. Uh, and, uh, you know, you just, I came in as a very disciplinary coach. Not that I don't, I think I still am, but you want to, to have control over everything and you wanted to, um, you know, have your fingerprint on everything. And I really had to learn how to let go. I've had to learn how to, to let kids be kids and remember that this is high school sports and remember that, you know, this is an experience and, um, allow them to have that, that freedom to enjoy themselves. Um, I think that's been a big part of it for me, just personally, uh, just as I look back on the years and I've had, you know, in a small town, I'm with these kids for a long time. You know, these kids start with me in seventh grade. Uh, you know, a lot of them I've known since kindergarten because, you know, we're running our camps, our youth camps all year long. Um, so I know these kids from the beginning and then they really start working with me in seventh grade. Uh, you know, that's a long career to be with me. And I tell them that I say, you need a break from me. You need a break from basketball. You need a break from, from all this. But then when we come back together, you know, we want to get after it. And, uh, you know, there's those expectations in place, but we, we have a lot more discipline on the defensive end than the offensive end in our system. I do want to talk about defense here uh, down the road, but I want to stay with this offense. I think this is so um, intriguing of a topic and just a unique perspective to hear from. I want to go to the youth programming with this. So obviously your fourth graders aren't probably jacking up a bunch of threes. Um, well, if they are, if they are, that's great. I want to hear about it. But I want to know about how you are able to install this mentality at the youth age, but also still working on shot form and development and not having kids thrown from their hip 22 feet away. Yeah, so um, we work a lot. Of, I don't think this is new, but we work a lot on the guard sets with our young guys. Um, we, we train everyone to be a guard. Um, we want everyone to be able to dribble the basketball. We want everyone to pass. And the theory is that eventually we'll work on the shot. So the shot kind of comes around seventh grade. Seventh grade is when we really start letting them just throw it up at the rim and see what happens, and it's ugly. I mean, we, we, we got these seventh and eighth graders right now that are just fearlessly throwing the ball at the rim, and they might, they might be ending up on the wrong court. They're, it's just it's, it's where it's at. Um, and that's okay. We, we want them to just have that mindset of, of, of shooting open shots, shoot open shots, shoot open shots. The goalie off, shoot an open shot. The goalie off, shoot an open shot. So we, we really push that hard on them. So when they're in the young grades, you know, we start a travel ball in third grade. Um, we're doing youth camps K through six. Um, it's a lot of dribbling. It's a lot of movement. It's a lot of passing the basketball. Um, and I think at that age, the goal is to, to get a layup <laughs> and that's it. You know, we, we just want to be able to, to, to score a few points. Um, and the big thing we've taken from it is we just want them to have fun. So whatever we can do to have them have fun, we do, you know, we'll do competitions of, you know, at the end who can make a three you know, first guy to make a three gets, gets this. And just to put it in their mindset of like, this is what we're going to do. This is important. This is how it rolls. And we know they're not physically able to do it correctly at that point in time. So we work a lot on, um, you know, we installed, you know, I think, well, I mean, everyone installed the, the uh, charge circle and we had it installed in every hoop, side hoop, elementary school everywhere. And we talk about that being the three point line. 
you know, we talk about when we're doing our practice shooting, you know, our form shooting, well, this is your line, you know, you're a young guy, this is your line, this is where we're going to shoot from. Um, and just getting the mindset of the line, the line, the line, getting it all there. Um, so we do a lot <clears throat> in terms of the guard work, you know, that's what we, we spend our time. But the other part is we just let them have fun. We just want them to enjoy themselves. We want them to experience. And what I tell my youth coaches is when they get to me in seventh grade, we'll, we'll figure it out. It'll be okay. Um, we just need to get them to seventh grade. We just need to let them mature. We, you know, some kids will take off more than others at a young age and that's okay. If you can get them to me as a seventh grader, they're going to be fine. They're going to be, everything's going to be good. Like I've learned again, it's just trying to be more laid back, trying to be more less controlled, let them enjoy themselves, let them have a good experience and we'll figure it out from there. Um, so we do let it start flying in seventh and eighth grade and it looks bad. And I'm sure there's people that are going, what are they doing? Like why this is terrible. <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah, this is the demon. This is terrible. Um, but we, you know, that kid just broke a backboard. It happens. We're okay with it. Um, we want them to have that mindset of, of letting it fly because all of a sudden they get to be about eighth grade, ninth grade, special, and then 10th grade. And all of a sudden they have the strength. All of a sudden they have all the tools and they have the mindset already installed. And that's been the biggest part is can we get that hurdle of not having a fear of shooting a basketball? And I think that's been the, you know, I think back to my own playing career. When you missed a shot, you just felt like you left every, let everyone down, you know? And we don't, we don't allow that to happen because the goal was to take the shot. You accomplish the goal. If it goes in, that's a byproduct. It's okay. If it doesn't go in, that's okay too. Because if it doesn't go in, that's an opportunity to rebound the basketball and we get to do it again. Um, that's uh, I, I love that because so many times we get focused on the results as coaches, right? Especially, oh, December. It's like, all right, we're gonna, our first couple games, we're going to focus on the process, process, process. And all of a sudden it's January. It's like, oh, I got a big game. It's like, oh, God, we're down by eight. And you're grabbing, you're clutching, and you're squeezing, and you're mad at yourself. You're like, all right, well. You start, you start focusing too much on the result, but that, that process is key because it shouldn't be about if the shot went in because it's got to be about if you're taking a good shot, which one I want gets me to my next point is we talked, you know, it was 20 minutes on your the philosophy, which is great. Cause I think that's a, such a huge component of what you guys do, but talk about what your actual offense is either from the transition and then into the half court. So we've changed positions. So we don't have the traditional positions of basketball. Um, so we have creator shooter, tandem and big those are the four positions we have um and so we want guys to fall into those positions um and so we talk to them when they're in seventh grade and we talk to them about what our positions are what they mean um how do we think that you know then we say where do you think you're going to fall and we let them kind of have a little bit of freedom in terms of like this is where i want to move my skill set towards so a creator is a is a in fact a point guard um his job is to get us into our offense. His job is to get the ball up the floor. He's going to be our ball handler, our passer. Um, it's not that he doesn't have the ability to do other things, but like that is his that is his main responsibility. Is he has to take care of those those things. Shooters are shooters. That's <laughs> it's the easiest uh, explanation. Their job is to shoot the ball. Um, our bigs are usually um, don't always necessarily have the big size, but usually don't have um, the shooting ability. Uh, and so we had to find a way to get kids to have a role that didn't have the best, you know, we're shooting under 30%. And so we created this big role. Um, you're finishing around the rim. Your goal is to rebound. You are setting lots of off screens and rolling. 
you know, you just all these things. And then our tandem is actually a defensive position. Um, their job is to guard the opposing team's best player, regardless of who it is, skill set, size. Um, their job is to guard the opposing team's best player. And then they, they fall into an offensive role based on who they're with. Um, so those are our four, four, uh, four positions. Um, and it's funny because uh, now that we've been doing it a while, you know, we're having our offseason now and our seventh and eighth graders are talking about what position they're going to have and what position their teammates are going to have and how it's going to fit. Um, and so for the most part, we let them kind of figure it out. Um, but we just tell them we put them on the depth chart where they are. So I always use the football analogy. Every kid wants to be quarterback. That's fine. You just might be the 12th string quarterback. You could be the starting offense alignment, but, but you wanted to be quarterback. So you might be the 12th string quarterback. You know, Hey coach, I want to be a shooter. All right, man, you're our 46 shooter. When we get to that point where we need the 46 guy to come in, you are it. But if you want to be a tandem, you're going to be number two. So we, we try to have it like that. And, and the big thing is, is we go through roles, we go through uh, positions, we go through all this. And the big thing that we push with our guys is that they're all equal. We need them all. It doesn't work if we don't have all the things. And so we want guys to have pride in what they are. You know, we do our roles. We have um, dude, energizer, leader, glue guy, and winner. And so we assign those goal or those roles to each varsity guy, and they're assigned by their teammates. So we sit down at the beginning of the year, and we have a big meeting, uh, and we talk about each kid in front of them, in front of everyone. We say, what do we think this guy's role needs to be? Um, and so the guys, they vote, and they talk about it, and they're like, you know, we need this guy to be a winner. We need this guy to be an energizer. We need this guy. And we talk it out, and we let the kid say what he thinks. And then when a couple weeks, we do it again, and we say, has anything changed? You know, it has, has it changed? Do we need this guy to be something else for us? Is, is this guy not doing the role that we need him to do? Um, and, we, you know, we write it all down. We want to make sure we have everything covered. We have enough energizers because that's a big part of our program. We need energy all the time. So we want to make sure we have lots of energizers. And then when the energy is low, guess who's responsible to get it back? You know, we make sure that that comes out. I was talking to um, Coach Dave Naslin the other day from Onamia. And uh, he said, yeah, you know, one of my favorite things, you got a kid coming off the bench and it was really low. And he looks at the bench and he's like, where are the energizers? Why is it so quiet? It's already established. That's the role. That's your job. Um, so we try to, just like positions, we want the roles to be, I don't know if even's the right word, but they're all equal in terms of valuable. They, we need them all. They all have to be accomplished for the, for the, for the boat to go forward. Um, so we've kind of created those weird weird things within the program. Um, but again, it all comes back to buy-in. It all comes back to getting kids to, to believe in what you're selling. Um, and that's, that's been the thing that we've kind of built over the time. And in terms of like where we started, you know, when we started, we were like, all right, we're going to shoot threes and layups. Well, that's great. I mean, and I get these emails all the time from coaches that are like, Hey, we want to implement your system. So do we just shoot a lot of threes and layups? That's like the the surface. I mean, that's just the bare minimum in terms of what we do. It's grown so much in terms of everything. But the big thing we come back to is everything that we implement and everything we put in has to relate back to the core values, has to relate back to the numbers, has to relate back to what we're trying to do. Otherwise, we take it out um, and, we don't, and we don't do it. So are you more, and I'm trying to make you guys, maybe I'm trying to fit a round peg into a square hole with you here. Are you traditionally more five out, four out? Are you looking more stagger screens, ball screens, passing and cutting? What would be the general um, 
um, actions that you're running within your offense? Um, I would say we have all that in. Um, you know, a lot of it is matchup based, and I mean, probably even more of it is skill set based. You know, what kids do we have? So we've run a double ball screen offense when I had two guys that could handle the ball. And then when I had one guy that could handle the ball, we took that out and we, we, we didn't run it anymore. Um, so I would say it's really based on, on play. And when I say like, I let the kids freelance, I let them freelance. So like we give them the skill sets of like, here's how you set a, a stagger screen. Here's how you set a flare screen and here's the spots you can set it. And then we let them play. Um, so I think we have, we put in set plays every year and we have motion offenses, um, at our disposal that have, we've been, you know, fortunate enough to put in over the years. And so we can pull from it. Like we have the flex in, I, I mean, we really do. I don't see us running it, but we have it in place. I, I, my guys could go out there and run it right now. It would be terrible, but they could do it. So we have all these things set in place. And then what we do is we kind of start the year with this pile and as the year goes on, we shrink it down and we say, okay, this is who our identity is on the offensive end. When we need a play, here's our three plays we're going to go to. When we need to run a set offense to get ourselves settled, here's what we're going to do. But the goal is to score in transition or to score off a of freelance every time. And then the only reason that we would call something is if they need direction, if like they need a grounding moment. And then I got to figure out what their grounding plays are. Like these are the things that are going to bring them back to get them in the mindset that they need to be in. They need to see success right now. This is a play. This is a set that I can call that will give them that will give them that success right now and then get back to going crazy. Then get back to just doing what we do. Transition offense. Can anyone take it up the floor or you only want it to be in the creator's hand? <clears throat> anyone can, but the creator always circles back just in case. So uh, bigs make mid, make rim runs, rim runs. I don't think that's anything crazy. Our shooters get to spots. Uh, and then it, it transitions. So if the creator has the ball, that makes life easiest on everyone because then everyone has their role. But if a shooter is bringing the ball up, now the creator has to become a shooter or a big based on what their personnel would be on that floor. Um, and we don't necessarily run it in terms of like we're always – we want to bring up the middle, but we don't have like a like – a, we're going to set the down screen here and the side screen here, and then we're going to do the flare out here. Again, we just let them play. We say these are the spots – this is the skill sets you have. Here's what we've taught you in terms of screens. Here's what you need to be able to recognize. Now go play. And at the beginning of the year, it's jumbled. I mean, it always is. And, you know, that's when they're learning. And the hope is that by the end of the year, you've practiced it enough. You've watched enough film. They've seen themselves do it. And by the end of the year, they can recognize and make those decisions where they couldn't at the beginning of the year. Um, and so it's, it's, it's that we have to stick with that process. So when you talk about, like, focusing on the process, I think that's our whole year. Like, we talk a lot about statting the process. You know, we don't want to, again, the shot goes in or it doesn't go in. Was it, did we get a shot? That's the question. So, did not not that, like, the kid led the assist, but did the kid make the pass to the right spot? You know, we talk, that's what we're looking at all the time in terms of, like, that's what we thought we had to do to be able to run a freelance offense. Because, um, I just couldn't get kids to do it. And maybe it's on me. Maybe it's like a coaching fault of mine that like, I can't get a kid to run the flex or I, you know, like I can't get a kid to run a set play over and over and over again. Um, but that's what we believe in. We just let them, we let them play. And, and then we have things that bring us back. But the hope is that by the end of the year, they are able to recognize what the right thing to do in that situation is. How do you drill this in practice so it applies to a game situation? 
we scrimmage. We play. Uh, we play a lot. That was my assistant coach in college. He was all about playing. Like, he was like, we're practicing to play. Why don't we play? Uh, makes sense to me. So we, we do segments. Um, we let them pick teams sometimes. Sometimes we pick teams. Sometimes we stagger a team. We make one team just going to beat down this other team. Um, we do it all kinds of ways. Um, we'll do seven on five. Uh, we'll do um, – we, we try to mix it up as much as possible. So, uh, But we want to play almost every day. You know, we want to we wanna let them play basketball and have those. So, so the concepts, though, that we break down – this is probably a better answer to your question. So now we're going to say, all right, today we're going to teach you how to do a curl screen. We're going to teach you how to do a stagger screen. We're going to teach you how to do a this. And the good news is, is that by the time they reach JV varsity, they already have this skill set. So now it's just review. But then we just put the drills in place and we say, okay, this is what we're going to do. Hit, you know, do the drill. Um, again, everything ends in a layup. Everything ends in a three. Everything ends in what we want it to end in. And then we go play. And now we go do it. Um, so this is what we're working on. We're working on stagger screens. All right. So now I want to both sides set in stagger screens. So now the defense knows that the stagger screen's coming, which is even better because now the offense has to beat the defense that knows the stagger screen's coming. Um, you know, we try to do things like that to, to, you know, we want the scrimmages to be cheat codes. Um, we want the defense to know and the offense to know, and we want them to have to beat each other, even though they know what they're doing. Um, then now you have to guard the slip. Now you have to guard the, you know, the everything else. Uh, it kind of makes you focus on all the every others. I think you answered the question exactly what I was looking for by saying that you played the game. I think so many times um, we've had great coaches on here who I, I love hearing from them, but you know, we like to, we play the game too. Um, you know, a lot of coaches like to drill, 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 which is fine. If that works for them, that's great. And you mentioned that's what your program does, uh, especially when you don't have, you know, scholarship level kids who, you know, you're working with, you got to get kids exposed to basketball. And I also, you know, bet the Chris Oliver with the basketball immersion podcast, he talks about this a lot too. And I, I fully believe this, especially when you have a new group coming in by playing a lot of five on five, it makes you a better coach. You start to see things differently. You start to see, watch kids habits where they'd rather be on the court, who plays well with who, what rotations seem to click, what, ro what groups, or maybe you got a couple of kids that you just got to keep off the floor because their skill sets are too similar and they're not dynamic enough. And I just think it makes, the players better, but I also think uh, it helps the coaches as well. And I, I, I'm going to admit this. I'm hoping no current players listen to this. I still get to run with the guys a little bit, and I definitely do it during the season. Um, and I learn as much being on the floor with them as I am watching them. Um, I'm at the point now where I can't keep up with them, so I hope they don't, they're not listening in. I hope they don't know that I'm saying this. Um, <laughs> but, like, I learn as much – being out there in the middle of it with them as I do anywhere else. Um, and so I'm fortunate enough to be able to, to still have that, you know, we had it shoot the other day. Um, we were, we were going up and down and, um, you know, a kid, I, you, I guarded him differently and I just wanted to see what his reaction was. I just wanted to see what he would do if I did something different. And then him and I can have that conversation afterwards. You know, I can say, Hey, you know, I know this is what happened and you're not used to this, why did you react the way you did? How did, you know, it, it, it opens up the conversation so much better for me um, to be able to have that. And I guess that's part of the, you know, the control issues that we have as coaches. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I've let, again, let go, let kids play, let them experience it. You can fix mistakes. You know, we tape every practice so we can always go back and look at it and, and we can show a kid what we liked or didn't like or what we saw or didn't see. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's about putting it into the game setting. And so, what's the game setting? Let's 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 play. And again, we 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 don't always do it five on five, but um, we don't always do it evenly. But that's a game's not always evenly. So we again craziness. We do it a little differently, and we hope it works. We're at about 40 minutes here, so try to get wrap up here in the next five minutes or so. You got, I got a few things on the list that we had talked about uh, in text. I think we kind of hit on with your, you know, your relationships and your program unity within your roles and stuff and just giving kids freedom. I think that's going to obviously, you know, help build the relationships, having your energizer and your glue guy in those different roles, I think are um, huge in building those relationships and having an identity and a unity as a program where everyone understands their role and role and how they fit into the program. Uh, but I want to talk about scouting because you guys do definitely play a unique style of play, which it's probably hard to get a good scout uh, on teams. Um, I always make sure to watch your guys' game versus North Branch because we play definitely not shooting 63s a game, but we play fast and we get our share of threes up. Um, and so it's, it's a good, it's a good, better scout for us than maybe some other teams would be. How do you scout knowing that your style is so much different than uh, the, the teams that are playing your upcoming opponents? So part of it is we do is we pick a few teams and we kind of that we don't play and we we make sh that play a lot of similar teams as us and we watch those. So we we try to learn someone else's style, um, and that's helped me as a coach. I mean, just learning what another team does and really getting to know their personnel. Um, so for instance, one we've used in the past is Mound West Tonka, um, and so I've gotten to know them and gotten to know their players and. Um, you know, we just, we use different teams. We find a team and we try to use their team uh, to be able to scout a little bit uh, and to be able to see them. So I'll, I'll go watch uh, the same team play four teams that we play, even though we don't play that team. Um, and so then now I'm basing it off of their scout. I'm basing it off of their movements, their, their personnel. And now I'm putting my, our, our guys in there. So I saw what they did against this team that ran zone. Now I saw what this, they did against this team that ran man. Now I see, you know, so on and so forth. And so it gives me my base. It gives me my, my back end. Um, the biggest thing we do in scouting that I think is a little different is our guy scout. Um, they come with me all the time. Um, you know, I walked into Princeton last year, I think I was scouting North branch and we walked in with five guys. Uh, you know, we walk in and now every kid's got a clipboard, every kid's got a, got a form. Um, and we teach them how to scout. We teach them how to do it. Um, we ate at the, we ate at a Chinese restaurant in Princeton. It was awesome. Guys were that pumped. Place delicious. That place is it was, delicious. It was awesome. They were so excited. Um, they went to town. I think it was all you can eat, man. We were only yep. supposed to be about a half hour. We were there an hour. We had guys putting <laughs> down food. Um, so we, we take them and we bring them with, um, and we teach them how to do it. And so in the beginning of the year, we really rely on our older guys that have done it. Um, and now I'm getting not only my viewpoint, but I learn my guys' viewpoints and I learn their strengths and weaknesses when they're watching and we use it. Uh, we use all of the information that we get when we put together our scouting reports. Um, and then I, and then as, as playoffs come, I know who I want to bring with me. I know who, who I want to send, who I want to go, um, you know, we put out an all call last year at the end of the year for playoffs for guys trying to go scout. Like I was asking, you know, we had alumni going out and scouting. We had, and I don't think that's out of the ordinary, but we, you know, with our section, we were trying to scout eight teams. We didn't know who we were going to play. Um, and so we were scouting everyone and anyone. Um, but all of our alumni have been taught how to scout this way. So we have a form that we use. Um, we teach every guy how to do it. We bring them with, I would say every guy scouts, probably three to three times on the low end and probably my guys that are like my go-to scouters 
They'll probably come with me maybe 10 times um, to go and scout throughout the year. Uh, and, and we utilize all that. We talk about it. We have the conversations. And, and then, you know, the best part is the ride home because we're talking, we're in the van and it's like, all right, how are we going to guard this? And we just have that conversation, you know, because it's fresh in their minds. They know that's the beautiful part of having a system is they know exactly what we're going to do. They know what our answer to the question is. They know there's no, there's no question that we know what we're going to do. And so now the question is, how are we going to implement it against team A, team B, team C, whoever it may be. Um, and so having those conversations with the guys, giving them input, giving them the ability to, to have a, to have a say in how we're going to do it, how we're going to drill it, how we're going to prep for it. I think it's been awesome. And it's probably one of my favorite parts of the job is that's when I get to know my guys, you know, when we're out on the road and, and, you know, we're, we're going to Princeton and we're going to go to the Chinese place in town and, and eat up the buffet and, you know, Dylan Peterson's going to have 18 egg rolls. That's the best part, uh, you know, when we're out there doing that stuff. And that's the stuff that we really enjoy. So, How do you stat, um, how do you stat consumption at the buffet? What do you uh... – <laughs> We go by plates. Um, they have to be at least 60% full for it to be a plate completion. Or they can have 100% full and leave up to 40%. Um, but we don't like leaving. We, we're, we're all about putting it down. Um, yeah, you've never seen – You've never seen kids put down food than on a scouting trip, man. They, uh, they they're all about it. Oh yeah, okay, absolutely. Yeah. Do you, do you yeah. pay for that, or do you have like a boosters or an association that pays for that? Uh, a little bit, but we have a booster. We're very fortunate. We were able to we were able to form that a few years back, and and when we do our booster that we talk about all the time, we feed our kids. I mean, we feed our kids all the time. I, it's our number one expense every year by a mile. Um, we spend more money on food than anything else, and it's not close. Um, we eat together a lot. Um, and that's, you know, we talk about it and we put in our, our letter, food is family and family eats around food. And that's what we do. And I know everyone says this, you know, our basketball program is family. We're family, we're family. And I get it, but we try to do the things that are, that are family. You know, we, we show up at the parties. We, you know, we are, we are there when someone passes away. We are, um, you know, we're eating together all the time. We're aware of what's going on in their lives, you know, and vice versa. We have the tough conversations. And I think everyone's trying to do this. The word we use all the time is purposeful. And we just want to be purposeful in what we do. Um, we want to be involved in everything they are. And, and that's not for everyone. We, you know, we've had kids that are like, you know, I don't want to be in basketball. That, that coach is crazy. He, like, wants to know who I'm dating and wants to take me out for dinner and stuff. It's weird. That, that, that's, it's, it's not for everyone. We, we are – we want to be a part of everything. We want to be a part of their lives. We want to be a staple in what they do. Uh, and after graduation, you know, we talk to our alumni all the time. Um, we want to be a part of it. Coach, that's a great spot to end. I appreciate you taking time here on this uh, Friday morning. This will be up here Monday or uh, this will be up Monday morning. I appreciate it. Uh, definitely a different way of looking at the game, but I know I took a lot of, a lot of stuff from this more than maybe I do from most. I uh, just, because our, our styles are similar. Obviously we're not on the extreme end, but I, I really appreciate you coming on today. And I hope coaches, I uh, get past that. Maybe it's a, a outstate two way program and they take the time to listen to this. Cause it was really good stuff. And uh, definitely, you know, it's my 34th episode, 32nd interview. And you know, sometimes they can sound the same. And I think bringing you on and hearing your, your style of play and your philosophy is definitely different. And even if coaches aren't going to maybe dive into the dragon style of play and let the demon take over, <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> They definitely at least get some thinking, and I think that's the important part of coaching, especially this time of the year um, when we're not in the middle of the grind of 
you know, uh, section games coming up and conference schedules and you can re be re more reflective on your coaching. So really good stuff, coach. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. It was fun. Take care. Thanks coach.